1: Welcome to the Ritter Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Friday. It's December 4th. It's 2020, and we're here to talk basketball. Basketball, NBA. Yes, it's right around the corner. The season's right around the corner. And uh, we had some awesome news come out last week that Underdog Fantasy is doing NBA best ball. So we're just going to kind of talk about NBA and NBA best ball. But we're there, anytime we talk basketball, there's one guy we got to bring on it's my teammate from the r g basketball um game meansy how are you doing, my friend?
2: I'm still sore from that basketball game, which was back in February.
1: <laughs> aren't we both <laughs> um i I'm, I actually feel like I'm in a lot better shape now than I was um in February, so that's what that's what the quarantine will do to you
2: yeah, yeah um that is, I try not to ever play, but sometimes you guys pressure me into it. I try to stay retired. Um, but that's besides the point. Yeah. The NBA is right around the corner. Um, we're less than three weeks away. Um, they just, I think, you know, they just recently announced what games are going to be on that Tuesday night too. We got this, this best ball underdog thing that's going to pop up that I might have to dip my toes into man. What's going on with you?
1: Um, esports and football, uh, <laughs> <like> family <laughs> life. Like, you yeah, know, that's what, that's what we're doing right now. Like I, I for one do not hate the fact that like, We had this little bit of a break kind of separating baseball and basketball, and, you know, we've gotten to focus a little bit more on football, and esports has been fun to, you know, play and watch, so um, have not hated it. But before we get into, like, going through, like, maybe some of the underdog picks, um, you know, maybe we'll break down the top 10 picks over there, maybe some high-risk guys. Let's just kind of talk about, some of these off season moves because not only like did the draft happen a couple weeks ago, um, but there's been, there's been some big moves like Gordon Hayward um, I think is one of the bigger ones. Like, but Andy, like overall, I don't think this has been a season of moves that ha- has been like in plentiful. Like it, it hasn't been as crazy as some other off seasons.
2: Yeah. And, that was somewhat to be expected, and that's probably going to change next offseason. That's kind of what everyone's been saving up, you know, factor in the pandemic, too, or you know, revenue for the sport is, is you know, lower than projected anyways. And then that there's just not that many standout stars in this offseason. It was kind of projected to be that way. And then even just like looking uh, from a fantasy perspective, like even just looking through some of the top fantasy scores in the league, like you don't really see anyone's situation who got much better. Some stayed kind of the same. Some got a little worse. Um, so, yeah, even just looking at it through that lens, um, it was kind of uneventful. Some of the stuff, you know, some of the most important stuff that happened arguably could be, like, front office and head coaching moves, you know, like with uh, Maury and D'Antoni out in Houston. How's that going to uh, how's that going to affect Harden, assuming he's still there uh, by the time this podcast goes up? And, um, you know, how's that going to affect Philly with Maury and Doc Rivers there now with, like, Embiid? So there's just a lot of moving parts. Uh, yeah, I agree with you uneventful for the most part when you look compared to other off seasons but um there's still there's still a lot of stuff to discuss that's for sure
1: so has there been any moves this off season that have like really stood out to you as someone like any moves that like oh this guy it could really see like an uptick in like fantasy production because of his move
2: 100 and it's because of what happened to his team as opposed to anything anywhere he went And it's SGA, uh, Shea Gillis, Alexander, and Oklahoma City. They're just like Sam Presti is just stockpiling draft picks. They're obviously looking towards the future, but he is their future. Like they're trying to figure out who they're going to put around him now. And you know, if you pull like if you look at court IQ on Roto Grinders, and you look at fantasy points per minute, and you sort by fantasy points per minute from last season, basically five of the six guys um, that were that led the team last year in fantasy points per minute are gone. Chris Paul. Steven Adams, Gallo, Schroeder, even Nerlens Noel up there. So like everything is going to run through him. They've just been, they've been pretty blatant about their their affinity for him, and they're just going to you know put as much on his shoulders as he can handle. So he's probably going to be the one that you're going to hear a lot about over the next couple of weeks, especially for people who play season long, because I'm sure um he's gonna shoot up he's gonna shoot up draft board but then obviously for df purposes dfs purposes too he's gonna be someone to dark you know price considered obviously
1: yeah obviously we'll we'll have to kind of see like what his pricing looks like at the beginning of the year and like it might be something like this this podcast could also transit late into you know beginning of the year like this guy might be underpriced to start the year but we'll mm-hmm. see these sites have definitely gotten sharper over the years. Like this isn't five years ago where like <laughs> SGA is going to be like extremely underpriced here, but yeah. he's currently sitting at like ADP of like 20 on underdog right now. Um, he might be a buy high spot. Like you might want to get him a little bit higher. Cause like Butler's in that range. Ben Simmons is in that range. Like I could see SGA having a higher usage and and fantasy point per game total than both of those guys. Um, So I I think it's also interesting. And we'll talk about this too. Like you have Kawhi Leonard kind of in that range, but like you always worry about like Kawhi kind of sitting a little bit. So there was a move that I think it's it's really recent. I think Chris Dunn to the Atlanta Hawks could be really good. Um, And like, he is someone that's way down on the board. I think he's someone that you could get later in drafts that's a little sneaky here. I think the move is really good for him,
2: yeah, it is they also brought in rondo, so i'm i'm uh curious what they do. They're actually like super deep now, like yeah, depending on how depending on how they go, especially in the backcourt, because you have trey Young Rondo Dunn, you have uh Kings Bogdanovich, as we like to call him like hoarder. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, gallows there now. They have, like, even Snell. So, like, they're, they're like, one, two, and three spots are, like, really loaded. So, I'm curious to see. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they use Dunn a lot in the regular season. You no, know, Rondo's not really a – he doesn't really get cranked up for the regular season these days. But we saw how good he is when he wants to play. Like, we saw how good he was for the Lakers in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I, I like that call. And they need defense. And, like, he is he is the one guy out of pretty much everyone I just listed, except for maybe, like, DeAndre Hunter – who that's like his sole focus, is defense. So that's that could earn him some playing time over that system for sure.
1: Um, obviously, like the Pelicans, um, it's gonna be a, a, a definitely a different look for them. The trade between Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday. Do you think this is a potential uptick for Bledsoe, or do you think like I like I don't love Drew to, to the Bucks, and like I, it's not my favorite move. But I think like Bletso could benefit fantasy wise um, from the move to the Pelicans.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen there because they have a new coach as well, Sam Van Gundy. Um, I meant, oh, I want to, yeah, I want to go back to
0: your, your boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, tell me, do you recall like, did he, did he play fast back there with, with the Magic and Pit? And I don't, I don't, maybe not so much as a Piston with the Pistons, but that's something I want to keep, I'm going to look at because um, obviously having Gentry love to play fast, that might affect them too. Uh, do, you, do you remember what how he played with them?
1: Not really. They they worked Dwight Howard a lot. Remember, like they had Howard yeah. and um, Richard Lewis. Like they 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 shot a lot of threes um, mm-hmm. with that team. So I don't I don't yeah, remember. I don't think they played particularly fast.
2: Yeah, that'll be something to monitor, especially like that's a good thing you can check out in the preseason too to see exactly how, what kind of system he's implementing. But to answer your question, I'm curious to see what they do in the backboard too because now they you know they still have Lonzo. And Eric Bledsoe's there. They have like Reddick, um, Josh Hart on the on the on the wings that could play the two or the three. Like, so what are they going to do? Is he going to start Lonzo and Bledsoe together? And bring Reddick off the bench? Is he going to bring Bledsoe off the bench and start Lonzo? You would think Lonzo would get the the nod there. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, but Drew out for them is going to make you know Brandon Ingram a good fantasy prospect. Obviously, Zion's going to be a good fantasy prospect anytime he's on the court because he gets so much production per minute. So. Um, The one thing that's going to be interesting to see what they do there, which the move kind of confounded me, but they also brought in Steven Adams, which I didn't really get because I don't know why you would want to pair him with Zion in the front court because their range is so limited. So I'm curious to see how that works. They could end up being a really, really good defensive team. Like we've always wanted to play guys against the Pelicans because they play so fast and we're just not good defensively. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that just completely flips on its head this year
1: i like it man i like i wanted to bring that that move up to the stephen adams move because like that was one that i didn't did they like did they sign bledsoe and adams and trades um to kind of play as their like backup group i don't know like it it, it'd be it'd be really interesting to see um you know what they do uh with that whole situation
2: yeah like you can make the argument that Zion's best position is the five. And then they brought in a guy and I'm pretty sure they extended Adams too. So like they brought him in and extended his contract. So they apparently see him as kind of their center of the immediate future, even though they just drafted a guy like number eight, Jackson Hayes, like last year for that spot. So they obviously aren't big on him anymore. Um, Yeah. I don't know. They're going to be, they're going to be one you really want to monitor early because the old things we, we clung to the old, you know, the old cliches of who you like taking people against that. I really just don't think that's going to be the case this year.
1: I think you can take people against the thunder this year. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the, I, I don't even want to go through all the moves. I know like Al Horford's there. Uh, Trevor Reese is there. Justin Jackson. It just goes back. Like, I think George Hill was one of the tr- like parts yeah. of one of the trade or something too. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of goes back to like the whole SGA conversation. Um, there's a couple more that I wanted to bring up really quick before we kind of get into you know talking underdog and and uh, sure. best ball. Let's talk about the Suns. Um, yeah. Let's. So you know he's been a guy that we have absolutely loved. Chris Paul dishing him the ball. Like the Suns might be legit this season. Meansy. Like we saw them make a push last year. Like this might be a Suns team that we're talking a lot. And and they drafted Jalen Smith too. So like. This is an interesting um, little team here.
2: I agree, man. They Obviously, they want to make the playoffs. They pretty clearly have a mandate from ownership that they just they got to start going for it. They've just been kind of fringy and, and um, at the bottom of the league for too long. That And I think it's important to keep Booker there, too. So getting Paul is huge for them um, for real-life basketball. For fantasy basketball, I'm curious because Booker – you know he's a guy. Even with Rubio there, Booker still just had the ball in his hands a lot. He had a pretty high assist rate last year. Obviously high usage rate. They also brought in Jay Crowder. So like if you look at their starting five, it's probably gonna be Chris Paul, Booker, Mikal Bridges, Crowder, and Aiton. And that is a, I mean that's a really good starting five. So I'm I think they're gonna be really really fun to watch. A and I think they're gonna be really competitive in that conference. Um, Fantasy wise, I'm a little might be a little down on Booker. I still think they're going to want to run everything through him, but Chris Paul, man, he's a, he's a dominant, he's a dominant force in, in many different facets on the basketball court. So he, he's going to, he's going to hurt a little bit, but he's going to make their chance of winning just obviously higher.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I think that Rubio out, Chris Paul in, I think, I think it helps Bledsoe, but we'll, we'll, obviously we're going to have to wait and see, like, you know, we can all, we can speculate everything, anything that we want,
2: you keep calling uh, Booker Bledsoe. You're killing me. I'm like, so. oh uh, Booker,
1: you're right. Yeah, my <laughs> bad, dude. Like, I, I had um, I had Bledsoe up in front of me. and um, hey, he did and play with the I, Suns he, way back when. Yeah, he did. He did it, Booker. Like, listen, um, first basketball podcast of the year. Gotta gotta shake off the the rust hey, a little pre, bit. Pre, it's preseason right now, Stevie. <laughs> it is preseason. Like, it, isn't it like a week away or something like that? Is It's really close though, right? Yeah, training – basically
2: training camps opened on December 1st. Um, I think they're going to start playing uh, pre- first preseason games on the 11th maybe, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, close.
1: That's crazy, man. Um, all right, the last thing that we got to talk about here, just because they are who they are, uh, Golden State Warriors. Do you expect them to be a little bit better this season? Is there anybody that we should be drafting a little bit higher for the Warriors this year?
2: That's a good question. I mean, obviously, if you're comparing them to their their title runs and whatnot, they're I wouldn't say they're going to be anywhere near that uh, from last year because everyone you know got hurt. Curry Curry went out four games into the season. Clay obviously was missed the whole season. He's going to miss again this season because he tore his Achilles. So I'm I'm uncertain on what's going to happen with them. I think their starting five is going to be good. I'm really worried about their bench. Like I'm assuming they're going to start Wiseman at center. You know they'll go Curry. They'll go Oubre. They'll go Wiggins um, and and Draymond. So I, I do like their starting five. When looking at the the underdog, the ADP Curry is. I think he was just slightly outside of the top ten, which I don't hate because I, I think if he does, if he can stay healthy and play, he's gonna. I think he'll. He might. I think he should finish in the top ten fantasy points. So I think he's. I think he could outperform his ADP as it stands right now. So I think because I, they ha- they have to run stuff through him. I mean, even if. The the issue I have is they could they could move him off the ball so uh easily in previous years just because they had so many other weapons. I don't know if they're gonna have as, uh an easier time doing that this year. Draymond can still obviously initiate if they need to. But I mean it really comes down to the health with him. He's been a little fragile in the past, and I think a lot of his stuff has been somewhat fluky recently. But I, I think he's gonna I think he can outperform that ADP on underdog.
1: Yeah, and like they brought in a uh, Wanamaker and Bazemore to help the bench a little bit. Yeah. Like we know Bazemore is a slasher man. That guy, um, as like a seventh or eighth man, can definitely you know do a little bit on the bench there. So uh, let's talk underdog. We got the rankings up in front of us over there. So they do it differently. They go guard, wing, bigs. Um, you know, for their best ball. I'm guessing that's how they will do their. Drafts as well, Um, assuming that they're going to have drafts over there on Underdog. Uh, If you guys haven't checked out Underdog, use the promo code GRINDERS um, over there to sign up. But let's look at this top 10. Um, You got Giannis 1, Harden 2, Luca 3, Davis, um, Anthony Towns. I guess we'll start with the top five here. Um, Nothing too crazy, in my opinion, on this one. I, I think like the two that stand out to me the most in the top five I love Karl-Anthony Towns, but I feel like he's always a injury risk. And I love Anthony Davis, but I always feel like he's an injury risk. Like, I think, like, if you're drafting for these best ball tournaments, though, so you're taking the ceiling of any of these top five guys. Um, however which way you want to draft them. I don't hate Giannis one. I don't hate Luca one. I don't hate Harden one. Like, I think any of these five guys are interchangeable.
2: Yeah, I'll push on, on the Towns thing. I'll push back a little bit last year was the first thing or the first year he really had any injury problems and they're, and they were pretty clearly tanking too. So I, they were just weird with his injury report for a while. They were there calling him like, I think they are they were calling him either probable or questionable for like 12 or 15 straight games. And he sat on every <laughs> single one of them and they finally just pulled it, pulled the blood on it. So the the thing that's more concerning with him is that Russell's there. Cause they, they barely played any time together last year because of cat being out. So he's going to, he's going to zap a little of his, uh of cats fantasy value. So He's not going to be as much of a sure thing as years past just for the Russell factor too. Um, I don't like the Luca thing, man. I like, I like Luca. Um, Porzingis is going to be out. They said he's not clear for on court activity till January 1st and that's just cleared for on court activity. So who knows when he's actually going to play in a game. If you go to, if you look at court IQ last year and take Porzingis off Luca was basically was at a triple double and then some uh, in per 36 minutes. So I think he's going to have a huge start to the the year. I actually wrote him up. Uh, I did an article recently on Rotor Grinders for MVP odds, and I talked about him a little bit because I think, I think, I think he's gonna. I think he has a really good shot at winning it. Has some decent odds. So I yeah, I don't I don't hate taking him first. If I'm th- if I'm picking first in that thing, it's probably gonna be one of Luca or Giannis. Because like I, I alluded to it earlier, the Harden thing worries me. Like, maury has gone. D'Antoni's gone. That is just like they. We knew exactly what they were doing with Harden. Um, each and every year we knew he was going to play 30 mid thirties minutes we knew he's pretty much going to play every game they have a new gm they have a new head coach i'm he apparently wants out so there's just enough uncertainty there that he might not be as consistent as we have uh, been used to in years past
1: we're recording Wednesday afternoon for the Friday podcast this week. Um, so if any news comes out over the next couple of days and it's not brought up on the podcast, that's why. Uh, so, um, listen, there's there's NBA news every day, so I just I just wanted to like throw that out there really quick. Um, I will say, like, I probably like Luca one too. Like, I I think he's probably my favorite. He gives you triple double upside on every single game. Um, that he's out there. I think you can make a strong argument for Giannis, but I also think you can make an argument for Giannis not playing a lot in the fourth quarter. Like the bucks in the East are going to be good again. Um, So like, there's that argument. Like, you know, if you have the number one pick, you're trying to get ceiling when Giannis is out there. Like he probably has one of the highest floors. It's just, it's tough to. And I guess the other thing that you kind of, kind of have to bring up when it comes to Giannis, like, once you get past like the first four or five wings, it, it drops off a little bit. Like you get LeBron. past Giannis and Durant and Tatum and LeBron, Kawhi, like it, it drops off um quite a bit.
2: Yeah, one thing I like la- one thing I do like about Giannis so, is that even if you play it out like last year, like last year, he barely he didn't have to play a lot of fourth quarters either, and he still finished with I think like the second most fantasy points uh, behind Harden. So yeah. even factoring that in, like he's still just because he's so good per minute that I think he's just such a safe pick. And with what happened with the Bucks off offseason, we'll see what happens with some of the new guys they brought in. But you can make the argument that they're not nearly as deep as they were uh, in the past couple of years. And who knows, maybe maybe Bud is finally going to change the way he operates there and just he puts such an emphasis on controlling minutes and developing depth. And it hasn't worked the past two years. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Like they've had early exits in the playoffs both times. So we'll see if they have like a change in, in, um, in focus on on how they approach this season and both regular season and playoffs. But I mean, short of any like injury, like Giannis, you gotta, you gotta really, you gotta really factor him in up there at the top. And I think, I think you might've made the best point uh, available because we have we haven't really talked about like draft strategy per se, but like the fact that it thins out so much after him might make him the safest number one pick.
1: Listen, I, I think safe is fine, but when you're you're trying to win one of these best ball tournaments, you know, like if you're playing, well, he they, has they upside have, too. <laughs> no, I know. If you're playing like the the cash game, because they have cash game um, best balls as well, where you could play like, yeah. three man, six man,s ten man,s like. I think I would go Giannis over Luca in that format. Um, like, but in, in this tournaments, man, like this big tournament that they got going on over there on underdog, I, I think that it's hard. Like you, Luca, man, the ceiling for Luca, especially like you said with Porzingis out for the first few weeks here, for sure. Like, like he could be out for the first couple months. We don't know. Um, yeah, and he's young, he's against- young too. Luca's like 21.
2: Uh, and know. He's going to, he, I mean, he could easily play, you know, 35, 36 minutes a game this year. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I think just play him out there 40. No problem. No, <laughs> no, big, no big deal. Only if we draft him. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> looking at the next five, and then we'll kind of get into if there's anybody that we think could, we you know, you could, you know, reach for or, or you know, take a back seat on Trey Young, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, uh, and then Jokic. You know, looking at these next five. You know, you could potentially throw like LeBron and Curry in there too. I think all all seven of those guys are really close. If Embiid stays healthy, Embiid could outperform all those guys. Um, Trey Young, usage wise, is always someone that's up there. Kevin Durant, when he's healthy. Damian Lillard usage wise, like all these guys are strong. Like, I don't have any like hot takes on fading any of these guys outside of maybe Jokic, but you know, that's just because uh, I'm biased.
2: I, I look forward to you expounding on that hot take right there that you're fading Jokic. Um, I want to talk Listen, about Trey Young, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, <double.
1: laughs> wait, like, Jokic for me, uh, I don't know. Like, the the bigs, they're all so close. Like, what's, uh, honestly, like, for a whole season, what's the difference between, like, Jokic and Vooch for a whole season?
2: Probably not much. I mean, I don't have like specific what they've done the past several years. I mean, obviously Jokic is probably a little, a little higher just because um, his numbers are a little bit better across the board, but I get, I see where you're going, I, I actually was thinking he was a little, I thought he was a little um, low for his AD, ADP there. I like kind of like the buy low spot. Um, I'm, I'm worried about Trey Young though, because that he's had to do everything for that team. Like last year, I think he was basically thirty-five percent usage, forty-plus assist rate, just because they they had nobody else. Like, I mean, I know Collins was out for a lot of that last year because of the suspension. But we talked about earlier, they're just they're just deeper. They have and they have guys who can handle the ball now too. So like, obviously, they're still going to want him to do a ton. He's their he's their franchise player. He's their future. But you have like Kings McDonovich, who is I guess we have to start calling him Hops Bogdanovich – um, he is he can handle the ball. He'll probably help man the second unit. We talked about Rondo. Um Gallo requires a decent amount of shots to keep him happy. So you're probably gonna see a slight dip in, in Young's uh fantasy production on like a per minute per game basis. So I'm a little worried that he's um he's that high on the ADP.
1: I think I would probably take Dame for sure over Trey Young. Um Agreed. I think you could make an argument for Tatum, LeBron, Kevin Durant, like again, the wing position falls off so much. Like if you're just looking at overall draft strategy here, the wing position falls off so much um, that you could definitely make an argument for some of these guys um, over Trey young, but you could also make the argument for Trey young being in the top five, um, you know, especially when you're doing the tournament format, like if his usage continues to stay as high as it was, at times last year the guy you know could definitely be a top five producer um let's kind of look at like you know once you get past like the top like 15 we'll go by ADP so we'll start like Devin Booker down um just kind of looking I think we go back to the conversation with like SGA might be someone you reach for at the beginning of the second round or the late of the first round. Uh, I think that he has the ability. Like, I I think I like SGA more than I like Simmons uh, more than I like Butler Um, Butler. It seems like that guy misses like five to 10 games a year anyway. Um, But you know, you can make an argument for SGA being up there. You can make an argument for Bradley Beal um, with his usage and stuff like, there's some good options that you could look at at the beginning of the second round in this range.
2: Yeah, we definitely agree on that. Yeah. We, we hammered that home pretty, pretty hard at the start. Um, Some other guys like just a little further down, like Beal, you know, Beal's right in front of him there on the ADP. I'm curious to see so much of what happens with him, you know, obviously revolves around John Wall. They're saying he looks good. They're saying all this normal stuff you'd expect. He looks good. He looks healthy. He looks fabulous in workouts, blah, blah, blah. I want to see a if he looks like anywhere close to the John Wall of old, and B if he does. Like I still like I'm pretty sure Beal is pretty much the alpha on that team anyways. Like they still need to run so much through Beal, but Wall. I don't know. Just maybe even if they're trying to find someone to take him in a trade, he's gonna do, just kind of put a dent into into Beal's into Beal's usage. So that worries me a little bit. That's why I would for sure take SGA over him because we know exactly where we're getting out of him. Moving down, I really like Mitchell. Like this this uh, this Jazz team. Similar to kind of how the bubble started, because when when Bogdanovich was out for them with that wrist injury, they are just basically looking at a very similar team as last year, except they're going to have Derek Favors, you know, backing up. He's Favors is there now to basically play backup center or maybe some backup power forward. I don't even know if they'll do that, but you have like Conley, you have Clarkson, Mitchell in the backcourt, Ingles, O'Neill, Bogdanovich, Gobert, and Favors. Like they're going to have a very very tight rotation again, and Mitchell is pretty clearly. The guy, you know, he just signed his big extension. Um, so they're he's he's pretty clearly their guy there for that franchise. And I think that's a little bit too low for him. I, w- I wouldn't mind taking him. He, you don't have to worry about injury risk for him too much. He pretty much plays every game every season. Um, I, I'd look for him to take another big step this year too.
1: Yeah, just kind of going down a little bit more, um, you know, a couple guys that kind of stood out to me. We, we have no idea what to really expect um, when it comes to John Collins. But, like, ceiling-wise, John Collins is a guy that has the ceiling to be top 25, um, in my opinion, anyway. So he's super interesting. If Aiden plays the whole season, he's interesting. Um, like, you can get bigs late um, in the draft as well. But, like, reaching for some of these bigs, um, I don't think is the craziest thing, like – guys that i like typically will stay away from in this range probably like a chris middleton like he's not a guy that unless Giannis is missing games typically has a huge ceiling man our boy zion i think his adp is it's going to be higher than that right like he'll be he'll be top 30 by the beginning of the season right
2: it should be because he has a full off season i mean I use that in quotes, I guess, cause it's not really a full off season, but they went out early enough in the bubble that he's had plenty of time like this, like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be now for him to to get his body right um, to get his knee right and, and come into camp ready to go. And, and, and Stan, I'm sure has, has already been been on him for that. So like, there was a stretch there last year where he was like, he was playing every game, even back to backs. He was getting like 31 to 34 minutes a night, and he's produced producing. So if he can just stay healthy, like he is going to be a fantasy beast. And I agree with you. He's probably going to, that ADP is going to creep up as we get closer to this thing.
1: Um, anybody else standing out to you in that 30 range? And maybe you can even go into like the 40 range. Um, if there's anybody in that range,
2: um, looking here, I would say Jalen Brown, just because they lost Hayward. Um, that, you know, that, that, that matters basically every, every game, you know, the past year or two at the Celtics, whenever, whenever one of their main guys was out, you know, the Kimbo's, the smarts, the Browns, the Tatum, many of those guys were out. One of them always just got like a minute or two more per game. Their usage just went up a little bit more. Their assist rate went up a little bit more. And then Kimba also is going to be out for a little bit to start the year. His knees, uh, he got a, some sort of minor procedure on his knee. So they said he's not going to be ready for games until sometime in January, too. I don't think so. That's just another that's another mouth to feed that's going to be um, not there initially. And Brown just continues just one of those guys that just continues to show market improvement every single year. Like you can just see it in his game. You can see it in his stats. And he's still young. You got to expect he's going to take another leap this year. So I would say Jalen Brown would be a guy I'm looking at down there.
1: Um, I just want to bring up like we already talked about Porzingis I think Porzingis at 50 Is too high like if you lose a Whole month of production At 50 I think that's too much Like if he starts to drop more and more Because of the news Then like you could take shots on him uh, Because like the bigs do fall off A lot but Devontae Graham at 58 I feel like He's a guy that like I will be Prioritizing um, A lot more than at 58 like He's a guy I'll be reaching for a little bit Like, I think Graham has the upside-down score Barrett, Wiggins, um, Kimba, Lowry. Like, I I think he could beat all those guys ceiling-wise.
2: I don't disagree there. That's another situation that will be interesting to see how they handle with new depth because, obviously, they signed Gordon Hayward, but they also drafted LaMelo Ball. So, like, what's Borrego going to do there? Is he basically turning the keys over to LaMelo and Gordon Hayward and letting them initiate all the offense? And, like, Graham and Rozier now are taking back seats? We'll see. Um we'll see what happens. I don't know. So that's another thing that I want to just kind of monitor what they're doing in the preseason. You can tell a lot by, especially since the preseason is going to be so condensed, you can tell, you're going to be able to tell a lot of how these coaches and and systems are going to be implementing things. So, but I agree with you, you are looking for ceiling here. And if he, let's say they, I don't know, kind of prioritize him, at least over Rozier, you could see, you could see him having the, the kind of kind of year that would make him outscore some of these guys and like yeah like i I would definitely probably take him over barrett um i I don't know they're just with tibbs there i don't i (laughs) they just don't cater the team to like suit his skill set i guess is the best way to put it like they put him out there with guys who aren't very good shooters and whatnot and he still has work to do in that regard so yeah i'm i'm down on him overall in that group you're talking about there i would definitely take graham over him and even like rodden over him too
1: Um, Michael Porter's another one. Uh, I think the Denver offseason moves definitely opens up um, Michael Porter's ceiling and upside in this type of format. Um, so if I told you right now, like if I told you John Wall was going to play seventy-five percent of the games this season, Mm -hmm. where would you put him? Because he's right around like sixty ADP right now. Like, would you move him into your top thirty if you knew you were going to get seventy-five percent? Top thirty. Um. A year ago, like a year or two ago, like let's say two years ago, two years ago, John Wall would have never been 60 ADP in this type of yeah, league.
2: Yeah, I, that's close, man. I, I don't want to like say either way just because I don't have everything narrowed down with a fine-tooth comb of like where exactly he'd fall. But I will say if he does do that, like he's not the kind of guy who's going to come in and just be fine taking a bit role, you know? No. He's one of the highest paid players in the league. Has a monster salary, has an ego, like he wants and he wants to he wants to compete and play. So like if he's out there, the dude's gonna try to play exactly how he's played. And that is getting out in transition, attacking the rim, getting steals, getting blocks for pretty good for his position too. So yeah, I would put him, I would probably put him between 30 and four, maybe between 30 and 40, maybe not top 30. And and they have been, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to say like cryptic, but they have basically said that they're going to be watching him on back to backs and minutes and stuff. Cause I mean, he's still coming off pretty, pretty bad injury. So everything points to him being ready to go, but they're, they're pretty clearly going to
1: mo- monitor him early on. And you could get 0% know that like with John wall, he could get hurt in the preseason. <laughs> you might not get any production, but I, I think like, again, in, 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 you gotta know what you're playing. Are you playing the tournament? Or are you playing the cash game, three man, six man, 10 mans? Like, Especially in like the three mans, you're you're gonna be so you're gonna have so much floor in the first like five to six seven rounds in those three mans that you want to draft like high ceiling guy. You want to draft like Jaron Jackson type of guys um, mm-hmm. later in the draft. Um, just kind of before we get out of here, I think that like Aaron Gordon is super interesting at seventy nine uh, when he's when he can stay healthy. His role is enough that the bigs fall off so much there's some guys down here towards the bottom like you have kevin love you never know what you're gonna get from kevin love draymond green gives you a nice little floor blake griffin's way down there like you have no idea what you're gonna get from him on a night to night basis but that's the type of bigs like when you get past um you know the guys we cat anthony davis Jokic, Embiid, bead vooch so like bam is another one that is a, a top-end big? Like, it, it gets kind of ugly.
2: I want to – I like the Blake Griffin call because if you think of – what's his best-case scenario this season? His best-case scenario this season is his, he's healthy. He plays a lot of games. And we see not like the high-flying Blake Griffin of old, but like the guy who can still score. He You know, he's expanded his, uh, extended his range a little bit. And that team is just – is nothing. They have nothing there anymore it's basically like Derek Rose and him are the two high uh, usage guys on that team. And they're just obviously looking towards the future. Like Kenard's not there anymore. Um, you know, obviously they traded Drummond last year. So if you get the best case scenario from Blake Griffin, he should like, he's, they have nine, I think they have a 99th or so uh, on their list. And the, basically right around the hundred range, he should be, he would easily be top 50 at least if he, if you get his best case scenario.
1: Like he's in, He's in that range of, like, uh Miles Turner, um, Jared Allen. Like, you have no idea what Jared Allen. Like, That that's a situation where Jared Allen should be getting the minutes, but Brooklyn, man, that whole situation is is kind of weird. Um, Thomas Bryan is not one that's outside, like, the top 100. I, I think if you're looking for, like, type of, of ceiling guys, he's one that I don't mind for, like, ceiling. I was kind of looking, like... I don't really have any like sleeper picks yet, but I will say like, if you get a healthier season from Derek Rose, he's really interesting at like a one forty ADP, um, way down there. You just got kind of, you just got done talking about like Detroit's usage. Right. Like Derek Rose is going to have plenty of usage on that team. It's just all about like staying healthy. um, And that's been his whole career. But if you get the, the ceiling, um, at like 140 ADP, I think the ceiling's there.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, that's another thing to monitor because they do have Killian Hayes. So I'm guessing they want to turn the keys over too soon. But if he's not quite ready, it's like it's Rose. It's rose and like Delon Wright. So he's gonna have to play a bunch. So I'm I'm pretty on board there. Um,
1: yeah, you got any you, sleepers, Andy?
2: <sighs> um, let's see here. I would. I would maybe look at someone like Darius Baisley on the thunder. He had actually a really good bubble and we already talked about how thin they're going to be. Um, so I kind of like him down there. He's just, I don't know, maybe a little over hundred on the ADP. Um, just look for guys like that who are steadily improving, who are in good situations where you know, they're going to play. Um, that's kind of the, the overall um, theme of what I'd be looking for when you're looking for guys down a little lower and trying to find these sleepers.
1: I like six men. Like, who are my high usage bench guys when I get late in the drafts? That's what I'm going to be looking at. I think, like, we talked about, like, Bazemore. I I don't know where he's at ADP, but I bet you he's way down there. Um, He's one that's, like, super interesting um, to kind of get really late in the draft. One of my favorite, like, late round picks. uh, I've done two drafts and I have them on both of the drafts that I've done so far. Is Tristan Thompson. I, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen with the Boston Big situation, but I think there's a a road for Tristan Thompson to play 25 plus minutes a night with that offense. And there's plenty of potential points and rebounds and and, and putbacks and like where he could, if he gets 25 plus minutes a night, be a point per minute guy. And he's way down. Like I got him way late in drafts.
2: I love that call. He's going to be, he's going to be great for them, especially in certain matchups. Like they were exposed a little bit with Tyson, the playoffs and uh, a couple of those matchups. Um, and I think he's one of the, one of the more perfect fits for that team, especially at the price they got him for. So I, yeah, I agree. He, his upside is just being a starter on that team and playing a hefty amount of minutes. And that, that meshes well with um, grabbing him as late as as, as you can on underdog.
1: Yeah. And like, you, you could take shots on some of these Cleveland guys that are way down there. Um, like Larry Nance uh, Garland's way down there as well. Like now's the time to draft, to take shots because like when we start seeing preseason and we start seeing some of how these rotations um, work out, the ADP is going to get flipped on its head and like people are going to be like super popular. So like if Tristan Thompson starts the preseason as like the starting center, his ADP is not going to be 160. I'm going to tell you guys that now. So like now's the time to like draft and, you know, take advantage of just take some shots. Like, you know, it might not work out, but now's the time that like the tournament winner could easily come from drafting before preseason starts.
2: Yep. That's, that's uh I think that's the the gospel right there. That's how you should be looking at this stuff. Um, and it's like, a, I mean, this is a, a format that is not going to be like, especially with the quick turnaround of this season of how quickly they went from the bubble to starting this next season. There's not going to be, I don't think many people are going to have content out on this either. So I think there's going to be, if you're willing to put in a little extra work, I think there's going to be a decent amount of edge in this thing too, where you give yourself a good chance at winning this, uh, this tournament they're putting out there.
1: Yeah. You know, you look at it. I wish they had some slow drafts for it. I, I, man, it's so hard with two kids running around the house to get time to do a full draft, but so The tournament we've been referencing a lot is the NBA Best Ball Championship um, on Underdog. It is a $100,000 tournament, $25 buy-in, 20K to first place in a NBA Best Ball. Um, I'm sure there's been tournaments this big. I've never played in a, a Best Ball basketball tournament this big. Like I've played some fun stuff, um, but this looks awesome. Two guards, two wings, one bench, one flex, or one big, sorry, and then you get 10 bench players, so You're drafting 16 people. There's going to be plenty of room to build floor and upside um, place. Um, You know, there's 12 people in a draft. Like, you're going, your first, like, Andy, your first, like, five, six rounds are going to be pretty normal. You're going to have a good situation. But I think, like, trying to guess some pace games, some bad defenses that, like, offenses might have to run a little bit more like is a good way to approach like this best ball championship.
2: Yeah. It's kind of what you've been referencing. Um, when we're talking about some of these players, just trying to find hidden ceiling basically. And those are, those are different ways you can do that. And some of it will be guessing, right. Some of it will be, um, like theorizing on how certain new teams and new coaches are going to, going to do things. But yeah, if you're trying to get first in this, in these tournaments, that's kind of what you're going to have to do. And, um, yeah, I mean that's 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 the name of the game, I guess, man. Um, I I'm excited to, to enter one of these. I, I don't think I've ever entered one this big either. I've done a, done some small stuff as well, but I'm I'm for sure gonna give this a run and um, probably here soon.
1: Yeah, like we 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 went through this and like I, I went through it the other day and I like found some stuff that I really liked, so I did a couple. But now like going through it now, I, I really want to get in before preseason because I do think that there's a lot of edge. Um, preseason before preseason starts and like how many people have really done NBA best ball like we NFL best ball has been around for the last few years and it's gotten bigger and you know you know stacks and stuff like that like how many people are gonna just build good roster constructions on like making sure that like they don't have slow paced guys teams that like might be way too good stuff like that like you know so there's edge there's definitely an edge here in the best ball championship over there on underdog andy it's always fun dude um just having you come on i might hit you up again before the season maybe like mid preseason and we'll we'll kind of go back and see where we're at for this best ball because i do think like it's fun man 100k uh 20k up top for nba best ball like i get to sweat basketball all season for 25 bucks i'm in (laughs)
2: <laughs> I see if I'm at your disposal whenever you want me to hop on. And I I'm excited to have just one of these, one, at least one of these lineups in there. So when someone gets like late scratch in my DFS lineup, I can, you know, you hit that point in the night, like, well, let's see how my underdog team's doing. So I'm already dead in DFS.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. I love late scratches. Those are the best, but it's uh, going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back on Monday talking about uh week. 13 review podcast with Blender. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Good luck in your contest and we'll see them.